All right, gentlemen, this is episode 47. 47? I, I don't know. Oh, I was guessing. <laughs> I was guessing. I, I thought you were confirming. I think you're really <clears throat> damn close. I meant to check this earlier, but I got busy doing other things. I know that's not. It's 48. Okay. So you're close. So today's Groundhog's Day. Your birthday's Thursday, by the way. It is. Happy birthday. Can Thank we shave you. your head for your birthday? No, nah, I'm good. Well, do you guys? That's not a good. February second. Do you guys know what today is? You just said Groundhog's Day. My dad's birthday. Happy is birthday, it? Scott. Happy birthday. Your sister-in-law's birthday. That's true too. Is it? <laughs> probably. Right, text her. Um, I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> oh shit! You know what? I'm wrong. Two one. Yesterday was. Two one was what? What was yesterday? Scott's, Scott's birthday. birthday. Oh, okay. It's a so, thought that counts. A little too late. So what the hell <laughs> is dinner today? with him? So what the hell is today? One year ago today, fellas. That's right. The three of us uploaded oh. our very first podcast. Holy cow. It was Super Bowl week. We uploaded it on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I watched some of it the other day again, and man, we were fucking awkward. I, yeah. <laughs> I can, now I want to go back and watch it. We filmed it. We had a table sitting like right there. They had a tablecloth on it, like a folding table. TV was here, so we'd watch TV. And I had a red backdrop on that beam right there. See, I thought you guys were in the garage doing that. No, no. it was no. down here. Yeah, right there. Russ, Russ was manning the controls in front of him. Yep. We that were, was like we were in the front. a single table, so yeah. I was here, Adam was here. And it was just faces. a white folding table with a black tablecloth that I had. And then it got to the point and where we were like, watching cornhole. Yeah, and then we were like, <laughs> we talked about the North Korean Basketball League. And then like we realized like we just kept like leaning over to like talk to each <laughs> yeah. other. And we're like, we kind of got to fix that. So then we angled the tables. So I called today and... I got us a birthday cake. Oh. Uh, oh shit! So there's some cookie cake for the for the boys. I like it. Neven says happy birthday. By the way, I love cookie cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess you don't have to answer this right away. You can kind of take as long as you want. I'll answer. What's it. been your highlight so far? Oh. So I think I'm gonna. I don't want to get sentimental, but I think the highlight is just the fact that I think when we all started this, you guys can speak for this. When we all started this, it was a jokingly conversation, like we should be recording these conversations, right? And then it was something that was like, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm going to do it. I bought all the equipment, had it shipped here, and I was like, now I have to do it. <laughs> so we started talking about it, and we, we talked. Like, we want to do something with the start of 2020 that we're like, we really want to get outside of our shell. We want to do something different for us. Maybe it blossoms into something. But either way, it's something fun for us, and it's ours. And I think for me, it was, I don't think any of us knew like how far we'd go with this. And I feel like all we've been doing for the last year is picking up momentum. And it's probably a blessing to disguise that we started when we did, because if we would have waited six weeks, we probably wouldn't have started. I mean, we literally, we literally started a sports podcast. Yeah. Right before a pandemic yeah. when sports shut down and somehow we managed <clears throat> to still find something to talk about. Some of those were really highlights as far as like the YouTube algorithm goes, like the Tiger King explained. I was just say thank God for uh and that, that Tiger was, King and the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. Probably I mean those, those are things that like the Tiger King thing we were like, what do we talk about this week? There was I think nothing going on at that point. And we were like we were talking to Marcus is like we were just talking about like, dude, let's do our podcast on the Tiger King like yep. it's not sports, but what else is there to talk about right now? There literally was no sports. No yeah. nothing going on. Except for I was trying. To, I was thinking about this today because actually on my Amazon photos, the picture, the original picture I took to post on Instagram, yeah, popped up, and I, I was trying to think how long we went without sports because it ended 
like March 14th, 15th, somewhere in there. And then golf, golf was first one back in like. It was at the Rocket. End of May. Mortgage class. End of May, early June. So it was like two months of nothing. We somehow managed to get through. So I think, first of all, thank you, all you guys. And I'm glad you, by fate, made it back into town. Yeah, thank God for uh, tournament golf. I think kind of. Well, I went to get dinner. I went to get dinner one night. I'm like, this is when they were doing to go at the golf course. And I pulled up under the awning. They're bringing out. I see this guy walk through the parking lot. I'm like, look at Alan. I'm like, I think that's Taylor walking through the parking lot. And I pulled up and you were you just got back into town. Big shitty beard. Yep. So I remember the first thing <laughs> Ali said was shave that thing <laughs> off your face. You've, you've since evolved into a mullet. Yeah. So I think it's been, I don't want to speak for all of you guys, but I want you to you know, voice your own opinions. But this has been a lot of fun for me. It's been a new challenge, especially me losing my job. I've tried to put a lot of effort in to making this more than what we thought it was going to be. I think we've seen a lot of traction. I think there's a lot of good things that could possibly grow in the next, like, I don't know. I'd like to think you made more of a career shift. Yeah, we can look at it that way. <laughs> Daddy daycare. Well, that too, but that's <laughs> that's totally different. But I think it's been fun. I mean, it's been it's been ours. It's not like, you know what I mean? We can... And I think one of the biggest things I'm proud of is we all at some point in our life, not just the four of us or anybody listening to this, is somebody has some idea. They say, well, we should do that. We should do that. I think the one one thing I am proud of for all of us is we did it and just said, yeah, we're going to do it. And we made it happen instead of talking about it. We were about it. So that I'm th- probably the most proud of. And I think that you've come out of your shell more than anybody on this podcast. Because we just talked yeah. about how level-headed and quiet you are. He's pointing at Russ, of it's course, true. to his level-headed and quiet, no response. That's true, though. I mean, it's... I have many opinions. Yeah. I just <laughs> often keep them bottled up. I love when he lets them out, though. So, eat <laughs> like, some cookie cake. All right, good. I'm going to say that's my most my most recent opinion. Someone should cut that. <laughs> there was no odd time. Anybody I only got one complaint about it. Russ, do you remember Kyle used to tell us episode 34? I think that was the number. That's when it takes off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were t- I was, yeah. No, I, I was supposed to be the channel you were supposed to see some growth. Well, I think we're actually, based on statistics and analytics, we are ahead of growth. Because like we're growing on Apple and Spotify more. Yeah. So I read one time this whole article, and the guy was does all this, whatever. He said that you should have, if you average 100 listens a month, after a after two years or a year and a half, eighteen months, something like that, then you're on a good track. We're way ahead of that. Yeah, because we haven't we haven't been on Apple for a year. We haven't been on, we've only been on Apple since like what end of May? Yeah, probably middle of May, May June somewhere there. And we're way over that. Yeah, way over that. That's awesome. I brought a pen with me and nothing to write on. <laughs> Just a fun side note. <laughs> oh, this looks like diabetes. Well, that's appropriate for Adam's birthday. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, no offense there. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, cookie cake and Corona. He's gonna the the drink, by the way, not the disease. Yep, yep. Adam's gonna go that's ahead good. and wash down that cookie cake with some uh, <coughs> diet coke because health. <laughs> you got it. That's my twenty twenty one goal. Every time you you never have the same two drinks. Like right now, you have a diet coke and a well, coke zero. You right. have commitment issues. Like when you go to the store, you're hundred like, percent. He's nah. got two phones sitting in front of him as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is that game on TV? I mean, we can put it on the TV. 
Uh, it might be, but we're watching Baylor, Texas right now. This game's not as exciting. I They're assume it's Carolina. It is. They're losing, so that's why it's not as exciting. But um, I forget where I was going with that. But I'll forget. I can't I'll help you with that. Back. So did you stop at a gas oh, station drinks. and purchase both of those tonight? No, no. So at Wegmans, I buy. I purchase both of them. <laughs> I buy. I have a paper towel. I buy three different six packs each week. <laughs> That's what I buy. And but I never drink the same drink twice in a row. Commitment issues. I just like a differential little flavor. Are those difference. that different? Uh, we got a new contest. They both yeah. taste like shit. We, no, 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 they're definitely they're definitely there's, <coughs> there's a lot of difference. At least I can taste it. We're gonna have him taste test. Yes. We're, we could, right. we could do that now or next week. We'll do it next week. We're gonna have you blind get a couple different ones. Blind taste those. Yep. I would join because I say that I can. People say the same thing about Pepsi versus Coke. I'm a Pepsi holic. I I think there's a def, definitely a difference. And I could. Tell. I, I I like either, but. Let's definitely not address the fact that I have two different T's in front of me right now while I talk shit. <laughs> you're you're not known for that though. You yeah, have the, I always have. Oh, a you should have a beer in your hand. So I haven't noticed. You've got two of the giant Arizona T's. Are they labeled ninety nine cents or a dollar twenty nine? Ninety nine cents. Okay. Apparently they're three dollars the ru- a pop in Europe. If I was going to say the rumor is there's the new ones are starting to go up. But they're labeled dollar twenty nine. Yeah, and they're tiny little bottles too. Mm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. They're getting you. They drag you in with the big ones, and then they these hit you hard. Mass-produced cookie cake or cook, yeah, cookie cake with all this frosting. Like I could house the shit out of these. I things. was supposed they're, to. They're I was gonna so try good. to get it from the cookie company, but couldn't make it to the mall today. So, so before we a little snowy get started, I have a question for you. We didn't get started yet. <laughs> well, we're technically started. We're, started. we're recording. We're started. It's just having a birthday celebration. So, I don't think it was last week. It was either two or three weeks ago. We were talking about some hockey stuff, the divisions and where they're playing. And we had a conversation about teams and where they play. And I think I made a snide or not snide. I made a, like, I actually don't think I knew about multiple hockey teams in Edmonton. Multiple hockey teams. Did you mention multiple? It was like a minor league team. I mean, most of those Canadian cities have multiple. We mentioned... Winnipeg because oh, yeah, uh, Winnipeg. Yep, because uh the Dubois trade went down and his dad coaches the Manitoba Moose, which are in the same Winnipeg is in the province of okay. Manitoba. That's a big province though, so just so you know. Right. Well yeah, it's Canada. So there's an AHL team there and an NHL team, which isn't necessarily crazy. Okay. So I got a uh text from a very, very loyal listener who's been here since day one. Okay. And said I'm giving you. A, I'm giving you. She said. I'm giving you a heads up. Oh, she. She. It was Elaine. Evilly. Oh, oh. Oh. Elaine, who I used to work with. Okay. She was throwing. Me, she threw me a birthday. I am last week, and I said, Elaine, you're just a tad early. Yeah, she's got that all written down. She's got like. A, uh, she said, "Hey, by the way, I just I don't want to freak you out because I know I have it to you before. <clears throat> I had a package sent here from a listener, oh, Scarface boy. DVD. I don't know if it was a death threat or like, hey, this is a gift." No, so I re- no note or context. Nothing. He talked about not never seeing it. No envelope yeah. of white powder. Or yeah. I just mentioned I'd never seen Scarface, and I found out who it was after, but it took me a couple of days. But, yeah, I've, someone sent me the DVD. It's over there still. I haven't watched it. Sorry. Me either. Are we going to do the screening or what? We can. We can. Uh, so I received the second package I've ever received from a listener today. 
You guys are going to love this shit. I asked about the AHL. It started about hockey, so I'm now I'm really intrigued. Lane sent us four Manitoba yeah. Moose hats. Oh, oh say shit. It's going to be hat because we mentioned it. We mentioned hat. Dude, the, the Manitoba Moose. Is the Manitoba sweet. Moose. I love this. So I'm, I'm assuming you probably want that. It's the fitted snapback. A little flatter. Okay. I'm assuming, unless you want one of these <clears> other ones. What's the back look like? I think those are just fitted. They're large, extra large, so I may have to take that because that won't fit his tiny melon. <laughs> tiny melon. I uh, pulled away from the mic. So, uh, thank you, Elaine. I, I, this is pretty yeah, awesome. that's sweet. I got this package today, and I'm like, what could it possibly be? And it took me a second because she, no, she's stretched. I've, I've seen, snap. not that I've been in the office lately, but when I do see her, all sports. Yeah. So she knows. Is she working like remotely or something? I, mean, I think they're part time remote, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they are. But I just mean, what? Where's the connection from? Her? I used to work. You don't with have her. to get he, deep he used, into her he, connection. He but used to with work the Manitoba with Moose. Oh. Thing. We talked about we it. Talked she listened to the podcast two episodes ago. We talked about it. I, 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 I might have joked and said I need a Manitoba Moose. We did. Yeah, we did. One of us jokingly said that. I need a Manitoba Moose. And this came. The label on the box says. Uh, Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club. It came straight from Canada. I'm going to put something into the universe then. Man, you guys ever see those left-handed Newport 2.0s? <laughs> <laughs> Never touched one, have you? No, I'd really like to see one come in the mail. Yeah. Wait, does that one fit you? That's awesome. Thank you. I got all this brain in here, so I don't know if it's big enough. It didn't fit you? You don't have It's just a touch big, but I'll, I, I could definitely kick one. Just grow your hair out in a foot. <laughs> that one fit you? Oh, yeah. You got a bigger head than I do. I'll take this one. Doesn't matter to me. I say, what's your preference? They were addressed to you. No, it doesn't matter to me. Not the first time someone's told me I've got a big head. Oh, Won't Jesus be the last. Christ. So thank you, Elaine, it's for the Manitoba Moose. I like it. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. It took me a minute. Like I opened it and I'm like, I'm looking at the front. I'm like, I don't know, what the 20 seasons. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. And I like looked on the back. I'm like, Manitoba Moose. Oh shit! We talked about the Manitoba Moose. <laughs> you know what else goes with Manitoba Moose? Moose head beer. See, now that's something you can put in the universe that might actually show up. I hope it does. If not, we can just drive to Wegmans. Along with some uh, Killian's Red. So I'm going to... That's gonna, some good stuff, too. I'm going to rock uh, the Manitoba no, no, Moose right. hat. Since I'm going to... Put my headphones back on. I'm going to go back to this hat for the episode. I'm going to leave this here. I love it. I will wear that. Me because too. I got called out in the comments section of a video <laughs> recently by somebody's father that my hat was too low. And oh, yeah. Couldn't see my oh, eyes. I it was too that, dark. Yeah. So I don't want to get in trouble. You should call him out for his fucking username. <laughs> I, I do every time. He, That's true. What the hell does that mean? He doesn't know. Random I didn't know what it was. He said they gave it to him. I almost deleted it because I'm like, is it spam? Remember we huh. we saw, I don't know if you remember during the during the draft last year. Because I was like, because yeah, you guys were here and I wasn't here. Yeah. I had a meeting, so I wasn't here. But I was like, I was like, what is this? And then I realized it was my dad when he said he was a Vikings fan. And I'm like. I'm like, what is this username? He's like, I have no idea. Just they gave it to me. Oh like, yeah, I love that. We'll have to show up to the golf course today, all wearing one of these, and be like, I will definitely. What the hell are you guys wearing? I like, top of my lineup right now. <laughs> I love it. I like it. Thank you. Well, well hot in these rhinos. <laughs> it's better. All right, so let's get into some actual shiz. How we're uh, what? How far in are we? We're 15 Adam bought, a mean, Adam bought a nice timer for us. So we didn't have to ask what the right time now. was, yeah. and he didn't turn it on. We can start it because now we know we're like 15 minutes. But. <laughs> Taylor, can you now turn my headphones up a smidge? Somebody's got to talk now. Hey, right. That's good. Thank you. Good. 
All right. So we have Super Bowl this week. Oh, yes, we do. And we have finalists. I'm out of this running. I do not have a dog in this fight. Uh, we did the uh, season or the playoff picks. Adam Russ has seven points. T-Dubs over there's got six. So everybody just submitted their picks to me for the Super Bowl. So Taylor's only got a chance if we both have the same pick, and he's got the opposite one. Correct. Right. So I have on here, uh, you got to pick the game. So game's first. <laughs> and then you got to pick the over-under. You got to hope we didn't go opposite. I wish I would have gotten the opposite just by default, just to make it interesting. <laughs> and then there is a tiebreaker, put total score on there, just in case you guys are still tied. But you guys, didn't, we didn't, you guys are not announcing these. I'll do it right now. Okay. So, this is Adam's pick. Adam has the Bucks plus three in the over 56 and a half. Total score, he has 58. So, I'm out. So, we are going to have a winner. T-Dub has Bucks plus three in the over and total score of 58. Can we talk about how T-Dub's tiny circled the plus three instead of, <laughs> box, instead of circling Bucks? Can we, they literally have the same damn thing. They do. Wait. No, they do. Box plus three, over, and 58. They even have the same total score. Okay. I thought you said 53. And it's funny if he picked over in the well, 53. That's, that's why I was wondering that. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe that's how he's canceling Ooh. it out. <clears throat> Russ, minus three, the under, and 55. Chiefs. Chiefs. Not Russ, minus three. <laughs> well, you I, I wish Russ was playing. Chiefs, Sorry. minus three. I see it coming to so the no, uh, so therefore score could be. for them. So, therefore, therefore, we will not need the tiebreaker unless it's a three-point difference and we both push. Right. Right. That's the only possible tie now. And Russ and I have first and second wrapped up. Yeah. Money's right there. It's been sitting there for a few yep. weeks. My money's still in my pocket. Oh, you haven't paid yet? <laughs> no. I guess you're out. It's in my pocket right now. I mean, that's your guys' money that you guys have been handing me all the time, so it's not like <laughs> I haven't lost yeah. one yet. So not Adam, Adam waits to pay until he knows he's in the money. <laughs> That's how you get it. Sounds like some other people we know. <laughs> so no we have no su- Super Bowl. And I don't think there's a lot to talk about now, Super Bowl-wise until after maybe the Super Bowl. Yeah, right? I, can, I kind of agree with that. I think we're going to have more post-game. It's, yeah, it's been shoved talks. on our throats enough. So I want, I'm, I'm going to come clean. I guess come clean. I don't know if that's the right word I want to use. You're gay? <laughs> no. That's come out. Come on. <laughs> the more, so I'm going to forget the damn guy's name. Clyde Christensen, the QB coach for Tampa. Yes. He was on McAfee show he was, this he, week. He was Manning's. He was Manning's um, QB coach, Andrew Luck's QB coach, and now Brady's. Okay. So he's, he's good friends with these guys. The more, I don't know, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The more I hear like stories of Brady now that he's in Tampa, I'm kind of more of enjoying fan. it more. More of a fan. <laughs> Clyde said, because obviously they practiced all last week, and then on Sunday he said he FaceTimed him because he had a question about picks or about plays. Picks are like, Tom picks up, says he's cruising. All I can see is a sunroof in the back, like ocean behind him. He's like, what's going on? Said, what are you doing? He just turns the phone and his dog's got the head, his head out the window. Ray's just cruising down the bay, just hanging out. So his family isn't with him. They, nope. like, left. They dipped. So he could, like, have focus. two weeks to himself and, like, focus, yep. especially because it's at home. But And then 
So, I mean, that's pretty neat that he's not like, I mean, he's just like out driving, kind of relaxing, enjoying everything. It was a new place for him, right? So, mm-hmm. and then also he said, Brady told Clyde that he's some pranks he likes to pull during Super Bowl week. I mean, I don't think many people want pranks pulled during Super Bowl week. They're pranks, Something but they're to not, take the edge but they're not nice pranks. Though. Yes. He says he likes Thank to God. rile up his offensive coordinators during the week. So on like Friday and Saturday, because obviously he's watching tape, he slides in the hotel, usually in a hotel, slides new plays under <laughs> the door just to rile him up to try to get him going. But he said, but Clyde said, he goes, Manning used to prepare at the beginning of the week. He wanted everything perfect, and then they would practice. Brady's more of a, let's see how it goes, and then we'll figure things out as it comes. So he said, but if one of those guys comes and puts a play in the book, they've obviously been studying. They know if it's going to work, so you got to put it in. Mm-hmm. But he will go. Brady said he put plays under some of his offense coordinator's doors on, like, Saturday night. And then the other guys, the receivers, and everybody else hate him because they've got to learn something new. We obviously saw something during tape, and it worked. So they figure if it worked, if yeah. he says it's going to work, we got to trust him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, I think some of the stories of him being in Tampa was kind of cool. I, I did hear that his. I don't want the baby bottle, but I will take. So at least put the right, yeah, right bottle on the yeah, right yeah. person here. Thank you, dear. <laughs> this is my bottle opener. It's Thor's hammer. <laughs> I thought we were. Clocks only go up. Uh, <laughs> throw that down there. So I have since we I figure we talk about more. We got the the basic bets. I, last week we didn't put it on uh, what we're recording, but I showed you guys the sheet from Vegas. Found one online. Okay. Fifteen sheets of prop bets. Fifteen. It's okay. a lot of sheets. And what a shit show this is in Vegas, but it's a good time. So I'm going to throw a couple at you. I want your. Uh, your thoughts you can write them down if you want i brought a pen but nothing right on. Mm. <laughs> all right what do you get for towel uh That's minus right. 105 both of them heads or tails for the coin toss tails never fails i got yeah. tails tails never fails tails all right first offensive play from scrimmage run play pass play run play pass i'm going pass uh can i caveat this a little bit sure if it's it's a pass play for the chiefs it's a run play for the bucks we can't, you can't caveat that in the back. Oh. Well, we're not fucking actually putting money. All right, a fucking pass. Pass. Does the first play from scrimmage result in the first down? No. No. Yes. Team with first 20-yard gain from scrimmage. Bucks. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs. I like that one. Team to request first coach's challenge. Neither. Is it bigger, bigger odds if they say neither? There is no. It's Chiefs-Bucks. Well, I don't want... I want neither. Bigger uh, odds. Gotta be. Don't bet on them. <laughs> Bucks. Jersey number to score the first touchdown. They actually have this in ranges. 1 to 12, 13 to 20, 21 to 30. 31. Is that Gronk's number still? It's 87. He was never, never, not, never he was. was. Never or was always that, 87. Uh, I just saw something on Barstool about <laughs> that could be. That, uh, his basketball. <clears throat> oh, probably. I had some other ones. That's so, a, that's a tough one. Number range. I go eighty to eighty nine. I would. I'm going. To, I'm going that. What was the the teen somewhere in there? It'd be the uh, twenty. No one to. What number do kickers get? Twenty. Are they really high numbers? Touchdown. Not always. Mike oh, Evans. Touchdown? Mike Evans is my guess. Mm-hmm. Are my teeth that blue? <laughs> Let me see. No. <laughs> they are a little blue. Right. A, Look at his. 
Is it, is there That's a, why I'm not on camera. Is there a Smurf behind that table? Yeah. Or under it? <laughs> it's my turn now. Classic fifth grade joke. Mind your business. These get really good. All right, you got a lot of red boxes there. What do you got? What will be more? Giannis Anacampo's points Sunday versus the Cavaliers or the shortest field goal made? Ooh. Shortest. Shortest field goal made? That doesn't count as an extra point. The or I'll Giannis take, will have Giannis will have more points than the shortest. Okay, so Giannis. What will be more, Lamelo Ball's <coughs> points or total kickoffs in the game? <laughs> Wait, what will be the that's lowest? Not good for what will be the most? Oh, the most Lamelo. Oh, Lamelo. Yeah, he'll well, get at least nine. What will be more, <laughs> Jason Tatum's points or Patrick Mahomes' completions? Tatum's. Were they playing? Do we know? Uh, Tatum is playing the Suns. Mm. I'm going Tatum. No, I'm going uh, whatever the other choice was. Compl- Mahomes completions. Phoenix Suns points or Chiefs rushing yards? Suns points. Uh, rush. Uh, I'm going with the Suns on that one also. Uh, Villanova points. They are playing Xavier or Chiefs and Bucks combined total points. Oh, Villanova. Yeah. That, that seems like a kind of a shoe in bet, right? No. No. I guess I think, college I mean, they basketball, can. they don't really go crazy high a lot, right? right? No. So, so a lot of these. Yeah, okay. Still, it seems kind of like one of the safest I, ones. So if the over under is at 56 and a half, Villanova realistically. Have less than fifty six points. Yeah, I mean, we, watched a, we watched a college game last night. <laughs> two of the best teams in the country shooting twenty five percent at the half. <laughs> Looked like a high school game out there. It was ugly. Mm-hmm. Kyle um, needed like five overtimes to hit the over. I texted him. I go, we need four <laughs> overtimes for the over. <laughs> we didn't uh, get one. I got I got one that I thought was interesting. That I saw today. Brady over under a half rushing yard. Over. Because and their point was. Like, if he sneaks, is it truly going to be a full yard? Obviously, they'll probably give him a full yard, but if he only needs, like, a foot, do you give it to him? But if he needs, it's, like, minus three every right. time. Right. I'm, I'm taking Brady over. I'll still take the yard. over. I'll still take the over. So, I have I one. Find that He'll one. match you up M- Mellow's nine points. <laughs> I have one on FanDuel I want to find. Thank you, Pat McAfee. I want to look this one up. Did you watch it today? I watched part of it today. No. So, McAfee said, there's a bet out there. Is the opening kickoff a touchback, or is it returned? I, I would assume touchback is the favorite. It is the favorite. It's got to be big odds. But McAfee said that ball's fucking brand new. It's like plastic. They don't work it in, and kickers love, like, they cannot kick brand new balls. That's why they have separate balls. Yeah. He said, so that thing ain't going anywhere. He said, because what they do is they kick off with it. That guy does whatever he does. That goes to somebody, and that ball goes to Canton. That's one and done. It's like a brand new ball they take out for kick opening kickoff. So I'm like, I kind of like that. And Some it's, insider trading right there. Harrison, you got, you Harrison hope, you Buck, hope the rain's coming down. He said if Buckner Harrison, can, ba- Harrison Barker can put him in the 10th row. And he said. I don't give a shit if he's kicking a beach ball. <laughs> they said. <laughs> uh, Next question. Not a touchback. 7-2 to the last nine Super Bowls. Okay. Dude, they love, I think they love to get that. Yeah. Right? It's that energy thing. Okay. That momentum. 7-2 last nine Super Bowls. But when did they move the kickoff yardage up? That was only a couple you, years ago. I was say, probably been five years. It's about, yeah, I'm not really sure. Remember the conversation we had? I don't think it was on air, but about really odd catered stats. I feel like that's one of them. Just like, 
yeah, searching through the abyss to find stuff that fits yeah. your narrative. That is the prop bets for the Super I th- Bowl. I think unless it goes out of the back of the end zone, you're going to see that return because, yeah, I think it's a momentum thing, right? If if I return, you know, not someone's not amped always, up. Yeah, they're amped up. They're like, hey, let me, you know, let me try to get this back to the forty. Let's get it started. So before we move on from football, I did what I did last year. I turned on Madden. You went to Vegas? No, that was two years ago. Oh. Turned on Madden and did the simulation today. Fair enough. Uh, Kansas City won the game 44-30. to 30. Oof. Mahomes, 37 for 50, 537 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Brady, not clutch at the end. Three straight four and outs in the fourth quarter, but 42 for 65, 479 yards and three touchdowns. I, Those uh, sound like video game numbers yeah. to me. <laughs> I did, and I did see a simulation of Madden of the draft earlier this week. Trevor Lawrence didn't go in the top ten. So if that tells you anything about Madden, yeah, well, I did it last year. I'm like, you got to do it this year. How accurate was last year's? Do you remember? I think I had the Chiefs winning, and they did win the game. So winner wise, it was kind of on. Okay. So Russ is hoping. One more thing before, obviously they have the media days, and obviously it was a lot different this year. Did you guys see Gronk? No. So. Prior to the season, obviously, no one was down in Tampa or in their home cities. So, I think Brock was obviously a little out of shape coming in. And this kind of proves to what, potentially why he didn't play a lot beginning of the season. They asked him about, like, Zoom workouts or something like that. And he said, well, they used to want us to send a tape every day of us running sprints and send it to him. He said... I would record all the sprints on one day, just change my shirts, and then I would just send them different days. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's work smarter, not harder, right? Yeah. So he did them all like one day. Like that's each week did, a, did it once yeah. and then just sent them. That sounds them harder to me. Would you rather do 15 or 20 sprints yeah, a day or 101? You have to do it the rest but, of the week. Yeah, but they're pro athletes. I saw something yes. similar to that the other day, not sports related. Some guy did an experiment. For his job, he does something. I don't know what his job is, but he ended up telling his bosses after, and they thought it was hilarious. He taped a loop of himself in Zoom meetings, just like nodding his head <laughs> and like sipping coffee. And for a week straight, he just played that loop <laughs> and like get different videos of him. And like then he finally told them, like, "I like it." Yeah, it's not bad. That was pretty funny. <laughs> All right, we got to talk about this. Golf starting. Don't forget your picks for tomorrow. Pool starting. If you're listening to this, you don't have your picks in. I yeah. probably will be texting you or emailing you. Um, have you gotten many picks out from people? Yeah, I got a few. Yep. I've gotten a few already. I'll probably get you mine after this. Mr. Uh, Rupert was the first one. He texted me the other day with his. And Hurley. I need Team Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was sending me a million questions today. Was so he? So he's all over it. Sanchez. And I need, uh, if you can, uh Tony. Oh, yeah. Get those. But I'll be sending stuff out. I've already sent out some reminder text. All right. We got a good golf conversation today. Patrick Reed. Oh, boy. Name's back in the uh, headlines. Uh, first, congrats. He won this week. Five-shot win. Uh, but not without some conversation. Uh, it was very wet out there. There were Torrey Pines, right? Yeah. yeah, pretty good storm, I think, Thursday afternoon into Friday-ish, something like that. It might have been even Friday morning. I don't know. One day it was it was coming down sideways. Yeah. So, Reed hits a second shot. I don't even know the hole. 
Do you guys remember the hole? No. I didn't watch eight, a lot. Seven so. or eight, maybe. Okay, so Reed hits a fairway bunker shot. This thing goes straight up in the air. Comes down left of the green, probably, I'm going to say, anywhere from 20 to 30 yards left of the green. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Anybody see it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, ball does bounce. That was the big question. We'll get into that. And long story short, Reed takes a drop for a embedded ball. Yep. He takes a drop, and instantly this hits social media. People start catching, you know, giving him a lot of flag. People are pissed off about it. The typical, like, when we hear about Patrick Reed and his cheating. And then a video surfaces of Rory doing, having the, I'm not going to say doing the same thing. He had the same situation. So before I give my piece, I'm going to turn it over to you boys. I want your thoughts and what you saw and what you think of the situation. So whoever wants to go first. 16.3 isn't that flat out of a rule a lot of the time because like he said it is rule 16.3 just to clarify what you said <laughs> some people yeah, may so, be like what the hell sorry yeah rule 16.3 16 is abnormal course conditions that's the rule and point three is about in the embedded ball of course if you play golf you know that they've since made a, a major overhaul in the rules the embedded ball has been changed mostly in the fact that it used to say through the green which is not really a very clear term because it doesn't mean that once you've hit to the distance of the green that you're done with the rulings. It means unless you're on the green. Now it says uh, the field of play or something to that extent, meaning basically anywhere. But it states that if the ball breaks the plane of the ground, it's embedded, which doesn't mean to me that it's ripped a hole in the air. It is a dent. I don't really understand. There seems to be a lot of vagueness really with the embedded ball. Break the plane. Breaking the plane. Break ground, yeah. Uh, so I, it's so hard to say. The only thing that you have to do in that situation as the player, the burden is on you to get a rules official. They're everywhere. They litter the course. There should be one on basically every hole in a tournament like that. They, they, they mingle. They're around. Raise your hand. Call the rules official over. He's going to take two seconds. He's an expert on the rules. He's just going to tell you, okay, go pick it up, take a check. Because you're within your legal right to check if a ball is embedded. Correct. The difference being... If you're in the fairway the way they're playing, they have lift clean in place. So if you put a tee down next to your ball, you can pick it up. That's the lift. You can clean that golf ball off, and you can place it in any way you want where your mark is. You can push it down into the ground. You can leave it fluffed up on top. However, if you're checking if the ball is embedded, when you mark it, you lift it, but you cannot clean in place. You have to simulate the lie, and if there's dirt or mud on the ball, it needs to be left on the golf ball because you're not getting relief you're checking to see if you're getting relief correct i believe he cleaned and he, placed he the not. golf ball didn't he he did not he set the ball off to the side and left it in the grass so um, so then he made no violation in i my disagree opinion. with that because and i'll let you get i just wanted to interject here you're okay yeah uh i don't know that he didn't clean the ball because he had it in his hand and he like rubbed it with his thumb and like it was in his palm and then he said i'm gonna set this over here so i don't know for a fact, it's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't clean it because. So when you, when you lift the ball in any situation, like, say we're short of the green, my ball's in front of yours, and you ask me to mark my ball in the fairway, I have to pick my ball up, hold it in my between my fingers, and then I have to set it back down in the exact same orientation. You have to recreate the lie, yeah. correct? Yes. What Patrick Reed did there was he just set it down on the ground, and. 
away from where the ball was. So it inadvertently so in probably my, cleaned itself in the wet grass. Yeah, so too. in my he opinion, just, he didn't do that properly because he he didn't hold the ball while he was checking this. It just looked odd from the camera angle because <clears throat> it wasn't like you said, you know, you pick yep. it up and pinch it. Like it was in his hand, like in his hand. And I didn't so, really see him examining the ground. Did that involve him uh, brushing any grass to fluff that rough up? Because, you know, it gets he, really uh, clumpy around greens. He, in he put his hand down in to feel it. Okay. Which I think I feel like you had to because that rough was probably four yep. inches thick yep. at that point. It was thick. But that's my point is if, if he was checking to see if there was any embedded marks and did any sort of brushing move, we all know how those, those greens get. If you've ever been to a tournament, just any yep. foot traffic, even without patrons there, it, it gets clumpy it's not nope. sitting in one direction and if you were to take your hand and brush that it takes the it's not necessarily thatching but it looks like thatching where the they're all sitting all over the place the blades are sitting in wrong directions yep. you can make it much easier to hit a chip shot because if the blades are facing at you and you try and hit a chip shot there's a lot more resistance you don't know how that ball is going to come out yeah however when you win a tournament by what's five shot margin it correct, didn't really have anything to do with the tournament right it's just a bad look. I mean, you want to give someone a benefit of the doubt, but at what point do you start going okay? He's lost that, though. So, there's two two issues I have here with what Patrick Reed did. Uh, in the end, they determined his ball was embedded. They determined it broke the ground. So, the fact that he had an embedded ball and got relief from that is accurate. I'm okay with that. They ruled that that was the case. As am I. So that scenario, that overall scenario is fine. He didn't cheat by uh, claiming he had an embedded ball when he did not. That's not the issue. You mentioned Rory McIlroy. I saw that clip also. There's one major difference between the two scenarios. Uh, Patrick Reed called for a rules official. Rory McIlroy, knowing the not that Patrick Reed doesn't know the rules, but Rory knowing the rules just determined on his own. Was confident enough in him. With, with Rory Sabatini walking directly next to him. They got to his ball. He looked down, and he said to Rory Sabatini, Rory, I'm going to check to see if this is embedded. Rory, you could hear him saying, okay. He marked it, checked. Yes, it's embedded. And he checked with Sabatini on what the drop was. So then he dropped it. So that's the first key here, the difference. Rory McIlroy didn't call a rules official. He checked with Rory Sabatini. Patrick Reed has every right to call for a rules official. When you call for a rules official to come over and evaluate the scenario, you don't pick up the ball and set it eight feet away from the scenario you have in question. It's like a crime scene. You just leave, you it. leave it there and do not touch it until the rules official comes over. Because he marked it set it down away the rules official came over and you can you can hear the rules official saying what why are we looking over here what's going on over here yeah he came over and looked at Patrick Reed's ball where it was sitting and even he was confused as to why is your ball here and I'm looking over here it so <clears throat> my first issue is that if you call for a rules official and then you touch your ball he, put, put, what he touched the ball first then called for confirmation. And he did ask his playing partners. He uh, he said the the volunteer said it did not bounce because that's right. None of the six of them, the three players in the caddies, yeah, saw the ball bounce. So that's why they asked the volunteer if it bounced, and she said no. So to me, which that, was which was wrong because it did bounce yeah. as we saw. But 
Either way, to me, that's kind of irrelevant to why he looks bad in this situation, so, whether Bouncer didn't. So, so that's my big problem with the volunteer argument is from him was, unlike Rory, or I think a playing competitor possibly had a better chance of looking at it as opposed to Patrick because he just yelled over and said, hey, guys, going to check this. She said it didn't bounce. She didn't say it didn't bounce. He said, did it bounce? She said, no, I don't know if it bounced. I didn't see it bounce. That doesn't mean it didn't bounce. She just said, I didn't see it bounce. Hearing and, what you want to hear. And we're talking about volunteers who don't mm-hmm. volunteer. They actually pay to be there. They don't, they're to not. get a sweet outfit. Yeah, it, they're not judge and jury on rules. So I, I just, for him to use that as a, in his argument, just, yeah. I don't know. It's, so, he can't really, in right. my opinion. It's a volunteer. So to me, whether or not he said, hey, bring over a rules official and then picked it up or whether he picked it up and said, we need a rules official. No matter the order, they happened within five seconds of each other. So he had to, he got there and had to have known he needed a rules official. Don't touch the friggin' ball. And then until he had confirmation from the rules official, to me, once you call for a rules official, you're waiting for their opinion. You no longer, I won't say that you don't have a right to. It's almost another level of you call him over, you don't touch the it's ball. It's like a hierarchy of so, whose opinion yeah. should be put out there. And if you're calling for their opinion, you back off and yeah. wait for their opinion. So there, therefore, when he picked the ball up, he did not have knowledge that he was able to clean it. So therefore, you don't go set it eight feet, eight feet away. I know this scenario isn't like a gigantic deal, but this guy has lost all credibility on tour because you can sit here and list – 10 situations that he's been in like this. And I, at some point you got to realize that. And his cheating goes back farther than tour though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. goes yes. back into college. I mean, there's ask about his uh, teammates wristwatch. Yeah. And missing and putters, putters and cash. I mean, the guy basically got kicked out of Georgia and went to Augusta state and Georgia's statement at the time was, you know, we parted ways with Patrick, the individual, not the player. Yes. That was their political way of like, not getting into it, I guess. Yep. I guess you could say that was kind of like yeah, yeah. the thing that overshadows it for me isn't even the situation. It, it's how he handles himself off off the golf course. I mean, we've talked about burner accounts from. I, I feel like the NBA is the, the notorious like group of people. You see a lot of NBA players do it, but when something puts you in the spotlight like this, why would you have a dozen count accounts post the exact same thing? And even if you're posting something pro you, I, I guess. I could understand the burner accounts. But they were calling out Rory McIlroy as if he was at all involved in this situation. He's just trying to take relief playing his own round. He, was, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't really even – he might have been in contention, but not. it's not like they were coming down the stretch together and both had the same ruling issue that right. screwed one or the other. It's just such a bad look. It's the same reason why when the PGA Tour bought the whole tour baseball tickets, they bought Patrick Reed and his wife tickets on the opposite <laughs> side of the stadium. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I believe Luke Donald was pretty open about that. Was he? Yeah. B. Harris played golf with Luke Donald, by the way, a couple weeks ago. Seems like so, a chill dude. At Jordan's course. Oh, my God. So, it would make a big difference to you guys then if he would have just called the official over to begin with, right? Because as Taylor said, the official is going to make him move that ball anyways. Right. Because they're with, the, with that ball being so down in the rough, you had to move it in order you have to, to, move to you check have it. to move it to check it. So he's going to have to move it anyways, Correct. whether he calls for the official or not. Correct. 
but you don't call you don't bring an official over and move the ball around set it on the ground 10 feet away from where you were if let me put it let me ask you this if you were playing in a tournament around here we don't have rules officials and seldom if we do need that much of a ruling you call the pro shop right if you needed a ruling and you're unsure you'd ask your playing competitors right right wouldn't one of them if you were on it for somebody didn't really know i guess around here most people like we all know each other but if you said hey can you can you come take a look at this i think we've all been in that scenario yeah. right yeah I think that's what Russ is hinting at, and kind of like the same avenue he probably should have taken with his reputation. If he was he was well within his rights. He he did nothing to break the rules. He was he by the rules he is allowed to pick that up and do all those things. It was it was the optics for him. Right. What? So that's what that's why I like to. I guess I'm going to say keep it separate. Obviously, he's been caught cheating and everything else. So obviously, the he has bad optics on him already. But what he did Saturday, he didn't do anything wrong. But he's he been criticized because of the past. Uh, he he's got to wear that burden. Most of this is becoming from the past, right? But I. But in the end, he didn't do anything wrong Saturday. We don't know what his intentions were. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's don't, hard to give him the benefit of the doubt because, like Russ said, I think he's he's lost that from he, a lot of people. He didn't do anything that caused him a stroke in the tournament. But in my opinion, he did things wrong. I think yes. he handled the situation wrong. This is like if you and I are playing a match in the best ball. I claim I have an embedded ball. I pick, I mark, pick it up, and I go set it on the fringe. And then I say, hey, Adam, come over here. I need you to see if this ball is embedded. Your first question is going to be, well, why what is your ball, ball on the fringe? Why did you touch it? Why did right. you move it? Yeah. So I think there's a couple things for me. I went back. I watched this video a few times. And I watched it again today. I even wrote down like verbatim what the damn volunteer said and what he said. Um. I didn't like the way he picked up the ball, whether he cleaned it or not. I don't know. It just it didn't look like, mm. be careful with this. Like, he just, he, like, picked it up and, like, yeah. here's my problem. And I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. First, I don't think I've ever seen a golf ball plug on the bounce. I don't I mean, I, I don't know how wet it was, but if it was that wet within a foot of where that ball was, and I watched the volunteer take a very gingerly step at one point walking away because it was probably wet there. But. If it was that wet, why didn't that ball plug on the fly? People keep saying that, but it, I don't think that it needs to plug as we like to think in upstate New York. Right. We're banging them into the, these fairway slopes, and the ball disappears like it's a but, wood shot. Well, you're also in the it's rough. It's break like the plane, which three means, or four inches. So couldn't couldn't you get? I don't know this. Could you get an embedded ball drop because? Say there was already an indentation in the rough, exactly. and the ball falls in that, right? Correct. You can still get an embedded ball because it's broke the plane. Yeah, especially and you don't if you need don't know. Yes. And you I don't thought need of a drop. That. It's a place because, at that point because well, you would right. have. Yeah. Yes, because you yeah. would have no knowledge that dimple was already right. there. Right. Yeah. Which, and same thing with Rory. I think that could have been the same thing. Someone could have walked through there, and Rory's balls and in some indentation. Right, and that's why they've they've talked about this on the tournaments, and I think they were talking about during the Masters when DeChambeau was looking for his on three or four, whatever hole that was. <laughs> It's actually better for the player at that point for someone to step on it. Yeah, yeah, because then they get a free drop. Like we, saw, we saw Rory have that happen with an official step on his ball around the green. Correct. So this is a, here's I was going to get to that too. So my thing is just that I don't know how wet it was. I find it hard that is an, it actually like had enough steam after a bounce in the rough to break plane for both of them. But in Rory's case, he never even asked. I think he just. He did what all of us do when we play golf, especially in wet conditions. When you get to your golf ball, you assess your lie, right? That's the first thing you do. And I think that's what he did. 
Patrick didn't even assess his lie. He just went right to the you know, said did a bounce. And there's a part of me that thinks he's looking for it. There's a there's a part of me that thinks if you go back and look where his ball was, and I'm not trying to accuse here, but with his past, he's got to wear this patch with pride because he's brought it on himself. He's in the middle of the heat of the tournament. Saturday it was Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now he's hit his second shot into this par four, and he's short sided. And if you look at where he took his drop, he took it really close to the cart path because the grass was shorter, and he was looking to get in some shorter grass. And that's hey. Let's be honest. When you're playing a tournament golf or just playing golf and you take a drop, you look for the you got to take it within the right, you know, parameters, but you're going to look for the best spot, right? That's Yeah. I don't blame him for that. He could have went the other way with it. Grass was shorter. So if I'm in that situation taking the drop, probably done the same thing. Probably dropped closer where it was like shorter grass. My problem is he he just, he just handled it wrong. He didn't break any rules, but he did I think he handled it wrong. It just the camera angle in the video we see is him kind of the camera's kind of behind him. If you think that ball's embedded, you say, Hey, I'm gonna check it. How hard is it to just take a tee, shove in the ground, pick up the ball? The guy sat crouched over for twenty seconds, like fiddle fucking with the ball. And some people have come out and said, Was he pressing down on the ball? Did, what are you doing there? Like it's it's this isn't that's the thing. Rory walked up, hey, my ball's embedded. Throw a tee in the ground, pick it up, clean it, put it back. And Patrick walked over, and he's, like, messing around in the grass. And with a guy with that image, probably not a good look because then he then picks it up. I'm going to get a rules official. Like, some people are like, did you make it indented into the ground? Like, people have these questions, and for good reason. The guy's got a reputation. I don't like the embedded ball rule, and there's a few reasons why. The first one is, is my own ignorance i guess at this point because when i had done the pga qualification for the rules test that happened to be conveniently a year or two before they made the overhaul to the rules of golf that's point one point two if the rule states that the ball has to break the plane of the earth right and we're talking about it maybe there's an indentation already in the rough wouldn't that mean guys could take relief from a divot in the fairway it's broken the plane it's sitting in a hole that's broken the plane why can't they take embedded relief Every time they're in a dip. That's that's another one okay. that people have addressed too, yeah. And I just think it's it's too vague. I I think to say an indentation is a really terrible thing. If it sits on the grass, it's making an indentation in the fairway anyway. I, I just wish the rule said that the ball had to be seated below the equator. That, that Then it's embedded, right? Because you know when you get a really embedded ball, you kind of make it that suction cup as it comes out of the ground because yeah. it's more than halfway under. If it's not sitting past its equator in the earth, you can still make a great strike on that golf ball, and you shouldn't be given relief. Play it as it lies. I don't like this breaking the plane, because that could mean that only a little edge of that has really pushed into the ground. Are you deserving relief? I don't believe so. I think it, it creates too much. I think anytime there's the opportunity for relief, you should be really in a spot that you cannot play your shot. And unless that ball is above its equator with mud around its shoulders, you yeah. shouldn't get relief because I think that it creates the gray area with the divot thing. I, I know that if I was in a tournament, I wouldn't do it, but I could see some people I know definitely trying that on an 18th fairway coming down. They leave it in the a divot and say, well, it's embedded. It's broken the plane. H- has it? I just wish that if he, first of all, he, he didn't, again, didn't break any rules. He is entitled no, and it, to. That, that's nothing to do with Patrick Reed. It's the rule that right. I don't like. Right. And he didn't break the rule. 
he actually took the extra step by getting a rules official. That is not a required step. But where I think it just muddied the waters was you called for an official because you seemed that unsure. Like, if you were that unsure about it, then just leave the damn ball there. Like, throw a tee behind it or just wait for the rules official to get there and say, hey. Uh, His excuse was pace of play. That volunteer uh, said it didn't bounce, whatever. Like, I think the ball's embedded. Like, that's it's that simple. If he does that, we're not talking about it. That's just I think he just handled it the wrong way. I think there's got to be something in the back of his mind where he knows, like, it looks bad. I mean, he's just got a reputation. And that's that's probably why he called the rules official. And, you know, props to him for doing that. But at the same time, like, if you're going to call the rules official over for that much information because you're that unsure, just leave the damn ball. So I didn't hear him say anything about pace of play. but I didn't either. I, I think that would be interesting, right, is because, right, we've talked about, I don't know when they were implementing that, is, is by player. If you're – I don't like that, that, you know, I need a ruling, so then – you know, in two holes, I might go under under a timer. You're because talking I, about the you're, new pace of play rule. Right. You know, if if from two holes from now, they're like, oh, you're behind pace now. Well, two holes ago, I had to call for an official. I had to wait five minutes. I had to minutes. wait for him, yeah. You know, that. Yeah, that's. There's that's, discretion there That's got to be addressed somehow. Well, in that. I, I would hope it is, yeah. but, you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I think if he just walks up, checks in, says my ball's embedded, no one questions it. It's a, I just I don't like personally that he sat down there for like 15 seconds like messing with the ball, pick the damn thing up, yeah. mark it, pick it up, clean it. Right, right, but we don't know that he was messing with the ball. It didn't look good. Well, right, it didn't look good, but the camera's behind him too. It just didn't so look good. We don't. We don't. What know. else are you doing down there? There's right. what 170 guys that play normally on the tour totally with medical exemptions and the whole gamut of the PGA Tour. Yet we have one persistent player that. Is always if my ball's embedded, I don't have to squat down to, like I'm to, ready for a fastball. Bryson's in there, but not for ruling <laughs> he, issues for pace his, of play. Maybe uh, he's, in ruling he's had issues. ruling issues. <laughs> no, but I think there's a clear difference though. Bryson calls the officials in for ridiculous situations. Yeah, is my ball trying, in bounds when it's on the opposite side right. of the fence? Yes, but he's not going up, moving the ball, and then asking for a ruling. That that that's Bryson being kind of a douchey asshole. Yeah, he. Hasn't been confirmed in a scenario where he's cheated. That's a difference there for me. Yeah, he said he had a couple of rulings there with like I, was it the fire ants? Yeah, the fire, fire ants, and then that out of bounds. Out of bounds. Thing. Yeah, the, he doesn't look good in those scenarios, but he didn't go up and move the ball and stuff. Like like you say, if Patrick had gotten there, realized this may be embedded, called an official over, and then they went through the scenario together, it's n- no issue. It's whether whatever order if he if he picks it up, calls for an official doesn't know he can clean it yet and then sets it down on the ground 10 feet away it just looks sketchy and i was wondering if he set it down so far away because the rough was so thick because where he set it down it was there wasn't much rough there right but i maybe i'm wrong on this rule but as far as i know he doesn't know he can clean it yet therefore he should not have set it down i think he said don't clean this yet to his caddy because then after the after the um official Left. left and said yeah you can drop he said, okay, pick it up and clean Understood. it. Understood. Yeah. But if you don't know you can clean it, you shouldn't set it on the ground. You have to hold it so that the ball doesn't get altered in any way. I guarantee that's in but, one of the books of decisions. The problem is they're bigger than the King James Version of the Bible. And, and I think that issue, that didn't become an issue because in the end he was allowed to clean it. If they had Possibly, said, yeah. you weren't supposed to clean this, therefore you weren't supposed to set it down. I didn't like the way he picked up the ball because, like I said, he wasn't like, careful with it he's i didn't like, like the way he looked at the ball he just was like holding it <laughs> holding it in the palm of his hand then he's like i'm gonna set this over here is is there and 
I'm going to leave it up to Taylor to find just because he, he likes to bring <laughs> out rule numbers. I, I'd be curious if there's something that says, you know, when you pick it up to, like when you have to mark it, like you mentioned in the fairway, something like that. Like, does it say you have to hang on to it? Does it say you can set it down? Like, I assume if it says you can't set it down, there would have been a whole different ruling with, well, maybe not in the end because he right. got to drop it. But I'd be curious what that says. Does it say you have to hold it? Because I've always done the same thing. I can't yeah. like you're saying. I just pick it up and, like, hang on to it. Correct. And then I've always been under and the understanding you have to put it in the, in the yeah. same orientation. Yeah, but I don't know if it's. And if if he cleaned it, I'm making the assumption there was some sort of mud on the bottom of that ball from where it was embedded. And if you had a ball with mud on it, you can't tell me you set it down in the rough off to the side and it came up in the exact same condition. Right. Yeah. That's why that's an issue to me. Yeah. So if you call the if you call for an official, you don't touch the ball. And if you don't know that you can clean it yet, you don't set it on the ground. And if you don't call for an official and you know the rule, just like go through it. If you do it. If you're ever in a spot where you're confused, it's 14.1 and C is the subnote clean cleaning lifted ball. There's only a couple, there's four little uh, bullet points, so I'll be, I'll be brief here. You can do so, you can clean the ball when you're not technically allowed to yet. So, like, in this situation with Patrick Reed, to see if it is cut or cracked, because in that situation, it's the only situation where you can change a ball mid-hole. Yep. Otherwise, if you change the ball mid-hole, it's either a two-stroke penalty or loss of hole. Uh, to see if it is cut or cracked, it says cleaning is not allowed. To identify it, cleaning is allowed only as needed to identify it, meaning you can rub the label or look for the edge where you put your Sharpie right. mark, etc. Right. Because it interferes with play. So, like, if we're off on the edge of the green and you, me, Russ, and I are next to each other and he needs to chip and my ball is going to get in the way, I can pick it up, but I cannot clean it in that situation. I think we mentioned that already. Yeah. And the last is to see if it lies in a condition where relief is allowed. So, it doesn't so cleaning is made. not allowed unless you then take relief under a rule, meaning... He probably should have kept it in his hand, but it doesn't define in here if setting it down counts. Right. It's one it's of those gray, gray, areas. gray areas that I think the book of decisions would probably address. If you clean a lifted ball when not allowed, oh, okay, it says if you clean a lifted ball when not allowed, you get a one penalty stroke. Right. Which, for the for anybody listening in the rules of golf, it's almost unanimous across the rulings that uh, anytime in stroke play you get a one penalty stroke, it's a loss of hole in Match play. Match play. Yes. yes. I think you texted me the other day and said it best. It was a common sense situation he handed poorly. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're, no one's talking about, and, and he can, he can be all upset and be all pissy all he wants that people are judging him and his wife can tweet all she wants from burner accounts. At the end of the day, the guy's got a reputation. And the reason we're not talking about Rory's because Rory's got the pole, literally the polar opposite reputation. And if he you, takes penalties, and sometimes they didn't even call for him just because he says the integrity of the game is important. And like you mentioned, he had a penalty last year. It, was, it might have been the U.S. Open or someplace else. It was late in the season, I think. Wasn't it playoff time? Somebody again? stepped on his ball and called the rules official yeah. over and said he got a really good lie in the drop, and he said he just wasn't comfortable. Like So he yes. took another one to get it closer to recreate yeah. his old lie. So, I mean, Rory's on the opposite end of the spectrum here. And even, like, Faldo and all these guys, like, the next day were – you know, they just said, oh, it doesn't look good. And then when I turned golf on Sunday morning or Sunday early when they come on, they interviewed, I think, uh, Dottie Pepper, Faldo, like two other people who used to play professionally. And basically to a person, they said, he didn't break any rules. He just, he really did handle it poorly. He probably should have, if you're going to call the rules official over, just leave the damn ball there. 
you know, if you want to throw a T in next to us and the rules official gets up, you say it's right there by the T, whatever. But like you said, the rules official rolls up and he's like, what are we looking at? He's yeah. like, oh, oh, embedded ball. And he's like, he's already over there, like pointing to the ground. He's like, what are we talking about? He's like, embedded ball. Dude, so when they pull up, they don't know what they're getting called for, I right? Usually, no, I, I mean, if they're standing so. next to a hazard that's well, on right. the course, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, for the most part, but. He just started like talking, like pointing to the ground, yeah. and the official didn't see a golf ball. And he's like, "What are we, what are we talking about?" Yeah. I don't, I don't remember verbatim what he said. He wasn't asked the the re- official wasn't asking, you know, what's the scenario we're looking at. He asked, "Why, why are we looking over here?" Yeah, because your ball is sitting over right. here. That was what he was questioning. He didn't break any rules. I just don't like the way he handled it. I just feel like if you know the rule, because you said, "Well, I can, I know I can pick it up." All right, well then, have a if. Have a playing competitor look at it or yeah, whatever, and then just take your drop. But then to call the call rules official or pick it up, put it in your hand, it just it didn't look good. I mean, I've just always been one of those people, like, if I'm not sure, leave it. Yeah. Ask somebody. Like, give, I, us, give somebody shocked, else's I'm opinion. shocked we haven't seen a – there had maybe there, maybe there wasn't a camera from the other angle. I don't know because – Right now is the perfect time for cheaters to win. I don't know when. That's all I'll say is with no patrons around. Yeah, but I don't think patrons would have saw that either, probably because they but still. But you're look asking for them. other camera angles. You ever been around a, a shot when a tour pro hitting? It's like everybody. Honestly, well, if there's patrons there, that might have benefited him. That would have been he, matted all down in there. Oh, because he would have walked up and said, "Did it bounce?" Oh yeah, and there would have been a hundred people there who said, "No, no, it bounced." <clears throat> yeah, right. And he probably wouldn't have checked it. And he said, "Yeah, he might have either not checked it or if right." I'm, I assume he checked maybe it. He looks at it. I assume he checked it because the volunteer said it didn't bounce. Mm-hmm. I assume that's why he checked it. Because if she says, yeah, it bounced, he probably just... But she didn't say it didn't. That's the problem with his argument is he said, well, she said it didn't bounce. She basically said, I didn't see it bounce. Right. Well, she said, when you said, she did said, it bounce, she said, no. No, I didn't see it bounce. Right. Meaning did, I didn't see it bounce. Right. But you don't start it with no. Because his question was, did it bounce, yes or no? And you say no to start. But then she says, I didn't see a bounce, meaning I didn't see a bounce. Right. But that's what I'm just... Just say yes or no at that point. Don't say, no, I didn't see it. Well, it, right. It's just, I mean, well, yeah, it's just it's, call the rules official over and don't touch your freaking ball. Yeah. That's the nice thing. The only thing I like to take home from golf this past week is that the golf gods always even things out. And Paul Casey won on the European tour. He did. Nicest person. I, he's my favorite player right now. So it he's, made me feel Paul good. Now, like 43. Is he that no. old? He can't be. Isn't he like maybe he was, 40? No, 39? I thought he was like 47, 48. No way. Look up Paul no. Casey's age. He's north of 40. Late bloomer then, huh? So mm. It says he's been on tour since 2009. He's born in 77, 43. Yeah, it's a good win. Yeah. All right. I have more so golf I had, for I had to end the negativity of that. It was just killing oh. me. And Reed did win me some money this weekend, so it worked out. Yeah, did you end up... Getting uh, what, what place did you finish on that? Eighth. Was that where the money ends? Is that eighth? No, oh. no. I still won some, but Adam Scott and Lanto Griffin hurt me. Griffin got it back to even on the day, but Scott shot like three over, so it really hurt me. And Rory Sabatini shot like four or five under, which killed me because he's so cheap. People just passed right there. Yeah. Huh? So I, I saw something today. I actually tweeted about it. I don't know if you saw it. I got we, I think we've talked about it before, touched on it. And it's a topic that extremely pisses me off. Because when I talk about it, I envision people who can't break 100 sitting around an office somewhere pissed off because they can't hit it as far as somebody else. Can't touch the flag stick. That's a whole other <laughs> issue. Yeah, so, going. They, uh, 
supposedly they proposed the RNA and USGA proposed new rules for basically a rollback of equipment. And I think, I know we've talked about this before and it mm. just infuriates me because, and I, I want to talk about Webb Simpson real quick. I saw a video of him today. He was asked about it and Webb's a very quiet guy, right? Well, we all agree with that. He's kind of like a, he's poignant. I would say when he, when he speaks, he's, he means what he says, and he's not out there to poke button or push buttons. He says what he thinks, and a lot of the times he's right. And Webb made a really good point today. He said, we do not need a rollback. We do not need a rollback in equipment. We need to talk about our golf courses. We need to you know, maybe grow some rough, narrow the fairways, throw up the greens, maybe some more dog legs. Those are the things we need to look at. A rollback is not needed. He was very firm on that, and he, and they, and he said, I really hope the PJ Tour is very loud in all this. I was going to say, I think any one of us at this table could sit down with a piece of construction paper and draw a course where Bryson DeChambeau could not win by designing, like you said, a bunch uh, of sharp darts. Well, yeah, but we thought that's short short he won the U.S. Open last year. <laughs> but he putted his ass off. Be, I was going to say. He and the was, other thing you mentioned was smaller greens. Yeah. He was accurate that week. I, I can't remember which. Did he finally hit, I, I don't even remember his chipping stats. Did he finally chip good for a week? He putted I mean, his ass off the U.S. He, Open. It was like top two and, or three in putting, wasn't he? And, yeah, yeah, somewhere in that. And that ruling was just for pros. That's the problem. So they're still the gonna problem. have. They were still gonna have separate. That is my problem for, with right. it. Right. And the, the here's the problem with that. I've said this before. When you do that, when you create like, well, you guys can use this equipment, everyone else can use this. <clears throat> you've drawn a bigger line in the sand in the game. To me, you've taken one step closer to making the game smaller. And closer to the, you know, 40s or 30s or 1950, where you had to be privileged to play golf. And we're trying to grow the game of golf, and now we're taking a step further separating that. And I'm going to use myself as an example. In the past couple of years, I've given serious consideration either going to qualify for the USAM, maybe the US Open. And I'm thinking about this today, and I'm like, why would I go do that? Because this is for, this is what they claimed, elite players, top amateur level and professionals. Why would I want to go do that? So I can bust my ass, maybe qualify, have a great moment in my life, like I qualify for the Open or qualify for the USAM, and then I get there and they say, you can't use your shit. You can't use your driver. You got to use this golf ball now. Where's the growth of the game there? You, you've, you're you stifling people from getting to that next level and their goals. Golf's a lifetime sport for most people. And a lot of kids start at a very young age. A lot of young guys on tour right now. And I think that, it's just complete bullshit that they're drawing a bigger line in the sand right now because of equipment, because they're pissed off of where the ball's going. And Webb Simpson said it great today. He's like, it's garbage, basically. He said, you know, Jack hit it further than, you know, Sneed. And Tiger hit it farther than Jack. That's just the way it is. And, I, and, and I've said it before, and we've talked about it before. There is not enough credit given to these guys. I don't like Bryson for his attitude, right? I cannot, nobody can discredit the, the amount of work that guys put in to figure out a way to hit the ball further. There is so much effort that goes into these guys now with technology, cameras, track man. You can, you can have a single camera. You start getting on track man, understanding your numbers and have someone show you like, well, you need to do this different. So we got to work on this move. It's a game changer for people. So for, to me, it's just bullshit that I'm picturing these old heads sitting around like, oh, pissed off. Like, they're protecting their game like it's personal. And to me, the USGA and probably RNA, in my opinion, USGA for sure, might be as corrupt as the NCAA. And I think I think we're drawing a bigger line in the sand. 
And we're telling a lot of young kids who have aspirations at some point getting to play the PGA Tour, maybe even high-level college golf, you're basically telling them, like, nope. See, I, I'm, not in, I'm not in favor of this. If anything, I think that, well, I'm very confident based on the amount of research and whatnot I've done in my life that the catalyst for this change is the golf ball. It's not the equipment. You, that your Callaway c- commercial will tell you whatever it wants. Play a 10-year-old Callaway on a track man and a new one. You're, it's borderline the same other than your spin rates and your dispersion might be a little bit better because of gear effect has been minimized by MOI and you're putting your CG lower and further back. That's beside the point. Your technology with plastics has gone through the roof. I mean, even when I was a little kid, I remember my grandpa cutting open a golf ball and there's oil and rubber bands inside of those old yeah. Titleist golf balls. We've gone leaps and bounds with the golf ball, but is rolling back the idea? I don't think that's the good idea. I think maybe putting a halt and just saying like, let's let's leave the golf ball technology here. Maybe that's it. But to play devil's advocate, let's look at baseball. They play with aluminum bats all the way up, basically. And then all of a sudden, you're now restricted to a wooden bat. Isn't that, a bi- thing, isn't that isn't still it? a bifurcation, just like what you're saying with golf that you don't it's want? It's supposed to be safety, but safety, it's, yeah. it, to, it, and Russ, all the aluminum bat does to a wooden bat is quicker. It, it has nothing to do with how far you hit it. You can't hit it farther. There's guys, no guys higher like, coefficient of restitution. No, it's, on just, quicker, it's, just that, right? it's just that acceleration off the it's bat. the initial it's speed. So the main reason for that is the, pit, the safety of the pitcher, mainly. If you had the top baseball players in the world in the major leagues and one of them catches a line drive at 130 miles an hour instead of 120, that 10-mile-an-hour difference might be the difference between killing a pitcher and not. And, I, I get that, yeah. And, you, and yes, in games, everybody uses aluminum. But as Russ and I, all through high school – until a week before the season, you used wooden strictly. And I even and I, used wooden during the season. I, I was more extreme where in high school, I only used an aluminum bat in games. I used a wooden bat for everything else. And if you're not playing in a high school game, a lot of the times they are wood bat leagues like Babe Ruth and all those yeah. other I'd, conglomerates. Yeah. Or I'd rather use a wooden bat. There's still there's college leagues. Bryce Harper, <clears throat> whatever he played in college, that was a wooden bat. The whole division was wooden. Okay, yeah, let's, the, let's the, pick the another Cod sport real quick is. then. How about, yeah, the Cape Cod, they do wooden bats. Yeah. Uh, Let's look at tennis. You can't tell me that in the 80s, I assume it was the 80s, John McEnroe, was he hitting a 110-mile-an-hour serve? I Not with that pancake. believe so. Those ra- I mean, those rackets were like, they were wood. So are they going to stop the the advancement of tennis balls and rackets because it's not fair how fast they can hit their serves and that they need to give the tennis players these deadened, weak-old tennis balls? Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think... I think we've mentioned this before on this topic. If it doesn't matter how far Bryson is hitting it compared to Jack, it matters how far Bryson's hitting it compared to the, the guys field. who are currently on the tour. And if you roll the ball back 10%, the guys that are leading the tour in driving distance we'll are most likely tour. still going to lead the tour and, driving distance. Because it's technique. Yeah. So – over time, let's you know, let's call it the Masters. This doesn't happen in the Masters, but it's the same tournament. It's the only tournament at the same golf course, right? I, I'm going to make these numbers up, but let's say through the from 1970 to 1990, the average winning score was whatever you want to throw out there, eight under. 
going forward from 2020 to 2040, maybe the average score would be 12 under. You really want to take it extreme? Let's look at the old and ancient uh, shit, Scotland. Let's look at any of those courses. They're all mid, mid-1500s. mid 1550 is when uh, it's the home of golf. Why am I St. Happy? Andrews. St. Andrews, thank you. You're welcome. You can't tell me that the, the the technology has created that big of a a point of dissonance. They're not shooting ridiculous low scores on that course. It still holds up after all this time. Right. They'd but be same- shooting ridiculous scores because they if the technology made that much of a difference, that fifteen fifty golf course would be ridiculously easy, right? Because their golf their equipment would have been yeah. terrible. Yeah. And we'd be able to eat it alive. I've seen studies before where they, they took like scratch golfers and pros and put them on like putting greens. And a quality of a putting green, a surface, mm-hmm. makes a difference in like two shots. Yep. These guys are playing on perfect greens every week. The other thing Fairways. is fairways. There's a reason why when you look at a golf scorecard, there's red tees, yellow tees, white tees, blue tees, black tees, etc. Stick a tee box further back if you're that concerned. I don't even know, and that's what one of Webb's points today was we don't need to keep making them longer. Just make them more, you have to hit golf shots. Yeah. Just that's that's it. Reward accuracy. Yes. If if you can average, if Bryson can average 335 off the tee and he hits 12 out of 14 fairways, then good for him. Right. He should win. You know, obviously that's only one round, but if he can average that, then he should win. And wouldn't you, obviously we talk about low scores, <coughs> and I forget what what Patrick was, 15, 13, whatever he was this weekend, winning, but that's like probably an average on tour. If not the higher more, the higher yeah. these guys go under, for the average fan, it is a lot more exciting to watch them putting birdies in. That kind of goes you know, back to my growth of the it, game. Like yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's a lot more exciting for them. Now we may like to see these guys like struggle a little bit and have to hit these tough shots one or two weeks a year, right? But these average fans would much rather see them hitting very good golf shots all the time. Are they talking about this on both tours? Well, the RNA is involved. No, 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 no. I'm at the LPGA. No. Are they going to roll it back for them? No. I don't think that's a guy. I mean, I don't know, because USGA would fall under that. Yeah, they would fall under that. Yeah, that so. umbrella. I would think you would. Yeah, I would say and, so. And to tell me that someone like Bryson, um, there was a let, let there be light there. Um, <laughs> I did this and I realized people on the listening weren't going to have no clue what I was doing. Um Bryson, as smart as he is, you're telling me if if you roll the ball. I also ball, don't know why you did it now, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyways, so, go ahead. The light came on. Uh, with Bryson, how smart he is, you're telling me if you roll the ball back, he's not going to figure out how to mm. increase his distance back to whatever it was. Right. He's going to figure that out. That's the hard you work these guys and put all, in. All, yeah, the right? Way. Every one of the... We can talk about Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. As, as many people think how... Stupid he is, I guess I'll say. That's a terrible word to use, but don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right? He just ridiculous. He, I'll put that he just sounds ridiculous when he talks. How good did he get as soon as he started using trackman on his wedges? He went from I'm going to make up numbers, I guess, probably like 80th in the world to top five in the world just with his wedges because of what he could accomplish with trackman and figure that stuff out. I, I won't bust the whole flow of your thing, but you ever watch the video of the guys like tour pros, but I, I think they're on the TrackMan YouTube page themselves. They'll call out a number, or they'll hit the golf ball, and while it's in the air, they'll say, 117, and then you hear, beep, beep, because that's what a TrackMan does when it picks up 
the radar numbers, and then the screen will pop up, and they run over to it with their phone. They're within a yard or two. Right as soon as they hit that that ball, they know exactly how far that golf ball is going to go. And you can't tell me that's not from a track man. I mean, Russ watched me put in a hour session on a track man with Callaway this year. Mm-hmm. And you played a lot of golf me after that. I left that session knowing adjustments I had to make. And nope. I thought I thought after I made that adjustments, I was hitting the ball further. Yeah. yeah. I was hitting the ball further off the tee. I made those adjustments. I worked on those things. And that was with me spending an hour and then going to, going to the range a few times. These guys' full time job. You know, they probably hit a track man every day to make sure they're staying consistent. They're working on whatever they need to every day. I don't think there's enough credit given to these guys for the work they put in. I hate to say it, but science wise, like the mechanics and everything that goes into the golf swing, it's there's so much more knowledge out there now. We know so much more with video and frame for frame on some of these, you know, video cameras and the track man, all the numbers. And I just feel like we got a bunch of old dudes sitting around pissed off like they're protecting their sacred game. It's like, shut up, dude. Like, I don't want to hear your mouth. Like, yeah. you you were probably looked at the same way like Webb Simpson said today. Sam Seed probably looked at Jack and wanted to punch him in the face like, oh, uh, we should roll the clubs back. Yeah, I shouldn't hit that far. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. shut up, man. That guy's using a bubble shaft. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. just just let it go. Like, it's just evolved. It's <clears throat> Deal with it. Just to kind of piggyback off the track man thing you're talking about how important and powerful it can be the most powerful endorsement that they can give themselves or that i could give them is they give zero freebies you look at uh the what does the golf channel call it like live from the range right before a a big round they show these guys warming up all the top players have a track man behind them track man does not give them away however flight scope etc no yeah you can get a discount as a so we, they we, might have just started that, but when I talked to the TrackMan rep last for the Pacific Northwest, there were no discounts. They buy out of pocket because they're that powerful that they don't need to. They know that people will buy them, where the other guys are giving them out for free just to get them on TV. We looked it up, and if you write them an email, basically tell them you're was it like if you tell them like you're a PGA pro or something like do that. They do discounts now. They do a quote for you. Yeah, I don't because we talked to Rupert about doing it. They'll do a, like a. A payment plan, but it's about the same price as a car. So right, that. yeah, they're not they're not cheap. Like a stock one, I think was what, like seventeen. You can get something. the TrackMan three for kind of cheap now since the four is out. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have one, but I got to win that lottery. This is like an iPhone. There's a new version out every. Eight you months. could probably <laughs> get like a TrackMan one and plug it into your Windows ninety eight for five hundred bucks. But good luck. <laughs> Sit on the range with like a big desktop. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there, track man? Yeah, I saw a picture of Payne Stewart hitting on like an original. I I don't even know what it was, but it looked it looked like a those golden tee games. Remember the ball that you played the, at the bar? Monitors, it was yeah. that big with a little plastic tee, and he was hitting on that. And that was in the late nineties. Didn't he die in like ninety eight or ninety five? Somewhere in there. Uh, don't remember the year. But Seven so. or eight, and somewhere in there. But that's a total digression. Sorry. Yeah. Now you ruined my flow. Yeah, I definitely did. Sorry. <laughs> I just I got angry to. today. I'm like, this is the biggest bunch of shit in the world. Like, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. I uh, think and, and I, one of the guys behind this is someone who I cannot stand is Mike Davis. I mean, too many people like think this guy's like great. And it's like, the guy's lost, lost the course twice in Ch- Shinnecock and U.S. Opens or tournaments. He's He's an idiot. Why people, we are keep... telling, people are telling him he's great, though. They have to, or else they might not be playing or Isn't covering. he resigning <laughs> soon, too? Oh, yeah, to uh, take his talents to course design. Yeah, we won't yeah. be playing those courses. 
<laughs> I want to design a course. Go ahead. Nope. Yeah, what you got? You I'm got off something. golf. I'm off golf. Oh. oh, well, speaking of golf, I did re-download the game, and I played our country club the other day. It's still in good shape. Nice. I played the other day. Superintendent's doing a good job while we're gone. <laughs> 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 All right, what do you got over there? Uh, NFL note that we didn't talk about. Big trade. NFL. Yes. Um, Matt Stafford from your <clears throat> beloved Detroit Lions mm-hmm. went to the Rams and trade for two firsts. A third and Jared Goff. Yeah, Jared Goff. Seems oddly weighted to me. The Rams got Rams got Stafford and a pack of Skittles. My my initial thought was, is Stafford that much better than Goff? That's what I thought. He, I think that's a couple what you're clicks maybe better, but two. You said two first round picks, isn't that what? I would say he's a lot better than Goff. Contract he, says otherwise. Well, right? Much. right contract. Well, partly, and I think we'll find out is. So there was rumors, obviously, in golf's been in the league probably five years, four years, whatever it is. There was rumors in his first few years. He had no clue what defense was doing. And because a coach is talking in your ear until 15 seconds left on play clock, McVay was literally telling him everything to, to look at. To, basically, yeah, like, l- watch this guy, watch this guy. He was telling him everything. And I think we saw some stuff this year and last year. He was trying to read him himself and just didn't pan out. Okay, very, and they, obviously you can say he won a playoff game. Their defense stepped up huge. Is this contract kick in this year too? I think this was the first year of it. Remember, we we had had a conversation about whether or not Stafford really deserved to be considered a great player, and your guys' argument was, well, he never really had a lot of people to go to. So, the, so if you trade <clears throat> Matt Stafford away, and you've got Jared Goff, who's maybe not as good as Stafford, but He's inarguably a good, good, I'll even give it air quotes, He's media, better than mediocre quarterback. With those two picks, you've got the ability to give him people to throw it to, meaning he's already worth more than Stafford at that well, point, we've right? We've seen in the past the Lions don't do a very good job of that. I mean, don't. Well, we don't have to go down that wormhole because, yeah, that's a frustrating yeah, That's not experience. a wormhole, that's a wood I mean, but, but those oh first-round picks, do you know who the guys in freshman in high school are? Because that's when those picks are. Oh, shit, yeah. It's not guys coming out next year. But year I'm saying, after. it gives you the leverage to do so, though, right? I think I think they haven't said the years, but they already gave up first for Ramsey. The Rams did. There was two there. I mean, we're probably talking twenty five, twenty six. These picks are. Which so will Goff even which, be in the picture at that point? No, I don't think so. I I think he will play one. They said he's their starter this year, and they may draft a quarterback this year. They've got seventh pick or whatever it is, so they may draft one this year, but. I think he'll play this year, but then they'll realize. But obviously, if nothing around him, it doesn't help him. It doesn't help Goff at all. And yeah, you're so, paying a guy $35 million. So, uh, yeah. So if Goff goes there and has a horrible year, I, I don't feel like you can just immediately blame it on him. No, yeah. You, you so, can't. But, right. That's how it's going to get blamed on him, right? Every, everything always gets blamed on the quarterback or the coach. Yeah, understood. But I would. Uh, maybe I'm not familiar enough with his numbers, but I. I I can't tell you a uh, substantial accomplishment Stafford's had in his career either. I think he's just very reliable, and he's he's led the league in passing probably. What do you mean four. reliable? Does he not, have not, the not most very injury prone? He's he's had he had injury what, last year. A lot year? of injuries, right? But he usually is back. Didn't he break his 
back at one point. I feel like this guy's always hurt, though. That's I was going to say that's the one downside of Stafford is I feel like he's always hurt or something going on. He's I on think, the list. And I think going to McVay is a huge plus for him. McVay's obviously, they say, obviously we don't know him, very offensive genius. And I think if when you put Stafford in that situation, he's going to, obviously he's near the end of his career, but I think you're going to see him shine this year. I think he's a very talented quarterback. It's been stuck in a really shitty situation for a long time. It'd be interesting if he didn't go to Detroit, but obviously he was the top quarterback coming out that time. They just went 0-16. Like that was, right? That was that was your guy. You had to. They, uh, there was rumors that the Lions, or no, was the Lions? The Rams. The Rams made a run at Rodgers. They, I heard that, yeah, they, they called about him. They yeah. said the Packers denied it. Yeah. But. So there's no, they have no interest in that. The other team is, claims they have no interest in training their quarterback, Houston Texans. Yeah. So I, that's going to get really interesting. I don't think he's going to get traded. That would make it really awkward the first day of practice. <laughs> oh, it's going, yeah, it's going to. Well, this is awkward. So, so, and obviously with Stafford, so rumor, well, it's not a rumor, it's true. Stafford and McVay were both in. Cabo, Cabo. When, it, when the trade happened. So, so and they always say in the NFL, everybody somehow has a connection to somebody, right? So he and Stafford are both, they've been friendly, but due to connections. So the Bills wide receiver coach, who is Chad Hall, and McVay were both um, friends and competitors in, in Atlanta high school. Chad Hall's sister is married to Matt Stafford. So they've all kind of known each other. Very odd. But they always say, you know, everyone everyone has a connection with somebody in the NFL. And this guy's literally Stafford's wife. Was Kelly. Is the receivers. Uh, Their name's Kelly. The Bills, the Bills receivers coach, sister, who played gotcha. with McVay. Yeah. So they've been friends for ever. Well, I say ever, but it's probably like fifteen years because they haven't been out of high school that long. I did but, hear that though. They were both in Cabo and they ended up meeting up after they, the fact. Yeah, so they met up after the fact and had dinner. But they said a lot of NFL players were down there. Yeah, the same week. Like a lot of guys go down there after the season. Yeah, some guys sooner than others, but yeah, I I would say the Rams won that trade. Getting getting Stafford. Stafford. Probably. I mean. I mean, right? You have no clue what those picks are. And you got to got to right right now that pick that trade is Stafford for Goff. They definitely won the trade if it's true that like you were saying like he can't read defense Goff, and then Goff's going to an organization who is notorious for just wasting talent. Right. It's kind of like a one in the hand, two in the bush kind of thing. Like you've got something right now, the other team's got the idea of something down the stretch. But I mean, two of the really best knows. players in our lifetime at their you know their position and Barry Sanders. And Megatron just up and walking away before they're. I mean, there was nothing wrong with Barry Sanders. He wasn't injured. There was he wasn't having problems. He was fine. He may have played like ten years, which is a long time for a running back. He was fine. Everyone was shocked when Barry Sanders decided I'm I'm done. Same with Megatron, and then just I think he's actually come out after the fact and he was just very frustrated with like the organization. And I don't think they were going to trade him, so he's just like, all right, well then I'm out. Which I can't really blame him, but. And my favorite part of that trade was. Coming out, Matt Stafford said, "The only place I will not go is New England." New England. Which he, I kind of anticipated because Matt Patricia went they, back. They there. said it's partly oh, pat- yeah. partly because of Patricia, they didn't get along. But they said a lot of stuff has obviously come out since Brady and Gronkowski. <clears throat> Those are obviously two big ones that have left there. 
a lot of stuff has come out since that they've talked about. Well, I guess Gronkowski more. I don't think Brady's really said anything. But I, I thought it was very interesting. That, w- that was the only place that he told the Lions he will not be traded. You Somebody said, did say something. Who was the wide receiver yesterday? Was it Edelman or? Uh, uh, what was it? What was his Wel- name? Welker. Welker did. Said the Patriot way was actually just Tom Brady. It was just Brady. He like basically discredited like Belichick for being a good coach. He said the first thing that came out of Stafford's mouth was that he wouldn't go to New England, but I contest that. I guarantee the first thing that came out of his mouth was a very long, um, <laughs> that guy is, oh my God, it's impossible to listen to him. To the point where the local Detroit radios in the Christmas time, they make Christmas carols of just cuts of him saying, um. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, great. Um, 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 I've never, I've never like, I've never paid attention. Yeah, I've never like listened to Now I'm going to have to. I'm going to be screwed. Way to go, Taylor. I'm going to ruin it for all of us. <laughs> All right, we got anything else? Football? Any, any hockey for us? Let's go, Bucks. Other than uh, the um, Ranger, the uh, Devils are kind of on hold right now. The Sabers are. Saber. There's a few teams are now. Mo- linked back to the Devils. Bubble issues? Is that no? COVID issues, COVID contact issues, yeah. tracing, etc. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Devils are up to 14 guys, and the Sabers just got playing done playing them Saturday and Sunday. So then Sabres were supposed to play tonight. Now they just said they're done for the entire week. Do they actually uh, have positive tests or just no, tracing? They have, two, they have two guys in protocol. <clears throat> yeah. So they just kind of so like they safety thing. Tests. And then Pittsburgh's <clears throat> not playing this week, right? Mm, no, not Pittsburgh. Obviously they played it last night. Someone else, who was, whoever was supposed to play well, New Jersey, obviously, they're postponed. Right. And the Islanders and are Islanders postponed because they they're playing Sabres. So. The Devils, so the Sabres and Devils played Saturday and Sunday this past weekend. <clears throat> Saturday they scratched somebody, I can't remember who, and then Sunday they scratched Kyle Palmieri, who's mm-hmm. one of their better forwards. So they scratched these guys without giving a reason why, and they were guys that you wouldn't scratch. And then it came out afterwards that these two had COVID issues. Like and them personally or just contact? They just put them in protocol. protocol like so the NBA is doing yeah. yeah, you have no idea. So, basically, they pulled these guys out of the lineup. Palmieri played Saturday. They pulled him out Sunday. Didn't give a reason why. Didn't, like, notify the league. Didn't notify the Sabres. And now, all of a sudden, the Devils have 14 guys in COVID protocol. <laughs> and so, the Sabres are pissed. They voiced that opinion that, you know, there should have been more up front from the Devils on what was going on. Sunday's game between New Jersey and Buffalo shouldn't have been played. And then the Sabres will continue to play. And now all of a sudden the Sabres are on the shelf for a week because they've got two guys that are now in this protocol and all linked back to the Did Devils. you see so. uh, there's two guys from the Chiefs right now in protocol? Yeah. And they said they don't they haven't tested positive. It's all because of possible close contact. So you're being irresponsible. You have one game left in a season. If they're the only two guys, like, who are you hanging out with you weren't supposed to? Yeah, but it might not have been them, right? You don't know how. That's the issue. That you can't. You, uh, you can't say they were irresponsible because you we have no we have no idea. You got Brady sending his family off for two weeks, so he's in a bubble, basically. Yeah, but I think the, I think the point is the, these guys could be at a hotel, and these two went down to whatever coffee bar and hotel at midnight right. to grab coffee, and Agreed. the guy who was running that happened to – you know, True. Be told guess, he yeah. was in quarantine because of his family. I I think our immediate assumption is like those guys are now in 
COVID protocol and we automatically think of like the James Harden situation where he like flew to a different state and was <laughs> seen in strip clubs. I don't think we should necessarily jump to that conclusion with these. Agree. Um, could oh, well. be could be a specific room service person that brought them towels or something. Right. You know, and that person's Maybe someone climbed down some balconies to give them a bag with yeah. something in it. Yeah, yeah. Chiefs are at home though, aren't they? They haven't. No, they're not traveling until Friday. Oh, I thought they. No, I thought. Oh, I saw something that they were getting on a bus yesterday. They are. So. The Chiefs are staying in uh, and practicing right there in Kansas City, and they. I they, would do they, that too if I was them. I mean, this year when yeah, I said they were in a hotel, do I don't. I, that's no, I know. An I would example. Just, it just made me think of it because. Uh, and they've already played down there this year, right? I heard, so I, I read a thing before the games last week, or before the championship games, that teams were not allowed in Tampa. I mean, obviously, Tampa's a little different because it's a home game, but teams were not allowed to travel to Tampa until, like, Friday. It was they, the earliest they could be they, in town. They've already played there this year, so it's not like it's a new... They know, like, like it. Yeah, it's, it's not a new city for them. They already played they like in it. Tampa. There's so. less distractions. They're not all this media around, like... Yeah. Well, right, they yeah, get on a year, Zoom call and they yeah, get off. Because, right, normally that's, you know, Tuesday they got to do their media day. Yeah. But obviously, everything was on Zoom, so it's just entirely different this they're year. All, they go home, sleep in their own bed, so I think they're cool with it. I mean, a lot of even reports, I don't know if you watched McAfee, I think it was yesterday, Monday, um, Rappaport was on, and he couldn't get out because of the snowstorm, obviously, going through. But he said it's not a big deal. It's I would have just been in my hotel room doing the Zoom calls anyway, so it's not a big deal if I do it from my house or from right. from there. Yeah, I agree. So Kansas City, they've got to technically be the home team for this game, right? Because they had the better record. Is I think so. Goes? Yeah. So do I, they, do they make know. Tampa they, go they to the visitors' the locker room? They will be in the visitor locker room. Okay. That's actually pretty cool. That's how it should be. I didn't realize that. That's a really good question. Like squinting, stat boy. I just wonder if that's the Bucks. They probably redid locker rooms this year because the Bucks were like, "Hey, if we come back here and we don't have and we're the away team, you have to make make that locker room extra nice." Switch the signs on these two rooms, please. (laughs) That's a good question. I I assume they have. They should because that's what most times not obviously Super Bowl, but this has happened in other things that the home team has to go. I think it happened. Maybe I don't know. There was a time like somebody was playing. I've been like, I, I I can't even think. But somebody was the, at home playing, but they were the away team, but they had to be in the visitor locker room. The only thing I think of is like yeah. for football, it would be like logistics of equipment stuff. I mean, it, it would have happened in uh, baseball this year in the playoffs. That's what I was trying to think. Oh, oh, that was it. Yeah. Right? Because uh, Tampa, I, fuck, I don't know. I give up. Adam, we'll get back to you next week. Please rate us five stars. <laughs> Don't forget to hit like and subscribe. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys got anything else? You want to move on to stars? Yeah, let's go to stars. Um, I only have two stars. I've got four packed into three spots. Well, there we go. I guess it evens out. Am, go. Anybody got a dud? <clears throat> yeah, Patrick Reed. <laughs> that was easy. Mine is less him, but we'll get there again. It was a hockey one. Mine are dud? <laughs> yeah. Okay. My stars are all hockey, which you'll probably see this theme for a little while from me. But I'll start. Third star, uh, Joe Pavelski plays for the Dallas Stars. So Dallas had a late start to the season because of COVID issues, so they've only played about half the games. Didn't they have the like 20-some guys in protocol on board? <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Uh, Pavelski came out hot as a firecracker. 
firecracker. They're pretty fucking hot, too. First five games, uh, five goals, five assists for ten points. So he started off at a two-point-per-game stretch, which is outstanding. So Joe Pavelski, third star of the week for me. So I'll give uh, my third star. I saw this today. Nick Hardy Monday qualified for his second PJ Tour event. I don't know if you saw this today. He went birdie, birdie in the Monday qualifier to get into a playoff and got into the event. And there was a video of him like making After bird- going eight deep to get into the playoff. Yeah. So did, did I see something that somebody on the Monday qualifier, I think it was this week, it might have been last week, uh, played like <laughs> two holes. It was like a PGA Tour pro. He's trying to qualify. Matt Every. He, yeah, didn't he play like two holes? And just his, caddy said, said, his caddy said he went complete tin cup on the 11th. Tin. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what yeah. I yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> We won't mention the name. That's what spawned our conversation. Matt uh, Every's a hothead. Oh, oh, that's right. Do you guys yeah, remember yeah. him on the? I was like, why did he was I on the, that? that show, uh, the Golf break. Channel show. Oh, big, the he big was, break. He was on he Big was on Break at one point, dude. He's a train wreck. I think he played <laughs> at the University of Florida. He's a good player. Just between his ears, oh, it's living rent free. Did he come out what? with the class of uh, Matt Wolf and those guys? Isn't no, he really no, young? No, he's not, much older than that. Oh, I was thinking he was a real yeah. young guy. Came out, Sean. Paul Casey. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My third star is Brock Besser. Um, Last three games, he's had four goals and assists. Um, He has had four two-goal games this year for eight goals this season, which is pretty crazy. So when he does score, he only scores twice, I guess. Matt Every's 37. Holy cow. So Paul Casey. So I was closer with that, yeah. Um, My second star... No coincidence, also comes from Vancouver, as you just mentioned, Brock Besser. Uh, Thatcher Demko, their goalie, he was the NHL's first star of the week. He's only my second star of the week. He Tough went crowd. Three starts, went 3-0-0 with a goals against average of one and a save percentage of nine seven one. Obviously, that's uh, only a three-game stretch, but those numbers are off the planet. So, Thatcher Demko. My first and second star is the Texas Tech basketball team uh, and Mac McClung again. Uh, Adam and I were texting the other day. He didn't get a chance. You said you saw it after the fact, I right? I saw it after. So I had on our other podcast, I picked Texas Tech minus three. Four and a half. Four three, and a, and a, three and a half. Maybe. Three and a half. Uh, playing, um, who were they playing again? Was it LSU? LSU, yeah. They're down. With two minutes left, they went on a 12-0 run to finish the game and won 76-71. And fucking covered. And covered <laughs> because the kid got a rebound with, like, a couple seconds left, and one kid from LSU reached over, like, last second was like, <laughs> so they put a second back on the clock, and he went down the court and made both free throws. <laughs> it was actually on ESPN last night, Scott Van Pelt's Bad Beats, if you had LSU. Uh, but, dude, this kid, we were talking the other day, Mac McClung is – I texted him like jokingly about this. I said, I love this kid. He is everything a basketball coach loves. He hustles. He just does the grind. He's just scrappy. He's, just, he's a little dude. He's like six foot two. He is the reason they came back from that game. He came down the court, hit a three. I think they got a stop. And then in a mad scramble for a rebound, he came up behind somebody, snagged the rebound, jumped behind a three-point line, knocked down another three. And then he was the reason they got a steal. He tipped the inbound pass. Just don't look at his highlights from last night. Don't look at anybody's highlights <laughs> from last night. Uh, but this kid is, I said to Adam, I think I said I think he's going to go pro. I hope he stays one more year at Texas Tech. 
him moving from Georgetown to Texas Tech was a big move. I said, but I don't think his game's going to translate in the NBA. I said, someone's going to pull him aside and be like, whoa, 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 what's with all the hustle? What are you doing? <laughs> so other than that, I mean, the kid is uh, he's fun to watch for sure. I've been following this kid since high school. But, yeah, my first and second star, I'm going to go Texas Tech and Mac McClung. My second star is the Drake basketball team. 17-0 and on the season, one of three undefeated teams left. Um but more importantly, they are fourteen and one against the spread this year. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! They won an eleven zero run or thirteen zero run. Yeah, they finally lost two nights ago because they're playing back to back games against teams and they they won in overtime like eighty nine eighty six the other night, but last night they won by thirty five. Same team. So I've seen that floating around. So fourteen and one against the spread. Yeah. So the more important question is: Have you been betting them? Yes. Okay. I've I've probably bet them. That'd be like, a bad star if you weren't. I've probably bet them like seven or eight times this year, and they haven't lost because okay. I didn't bet them. The College basketball is good right now. If anybody's listening to that podcast and betting our picks, you're winning money. Uh, my first star is the Oilers' two-headed monster, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh The Oilers right now probably have two those two guys, two of the top five hockey players in the world in their offense, and it's scary. Um, the reason I noticed this on Sunday night, they had a monster game where Dreisaitl had six assists and McDavid had a goal and four assists. So right now they've, they've played 11 games. Connor McDavid's leading the league at 22 points and Dreisaitl has 21 points. Uh, there's a bunch of guys tied at third. And Dreisaitl started slow. The bunch of guys tied at third with 14 points. So nobody's even within five points of them. Um, it's started the questions. So nowadays, offense is a little slowed down over the last decade. If a guy can get 100 points in a season, an 82-game season, uh, that's a, a big benchmark. So there's already people wondering if these if both of these guys can get to 100 points in this shortened 56-game season. So those guys are just on fire right now. I, I forget what dry saw. I think it was like first three games he didn't have a point or like one point in like first three. It was crazy. He started very slow. If the Oilers are on TV, watch them. It's exciting offense. Taylor will shoot you a text. That's Ad- Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah. thanks. What, what country is that in again? Canada oh, with man. the Manitoba Moose. <laughs> so I only had a one star, but I already kind of shouted him out, and that was Paul Casey. It's just always nice to see good guys win. I, I sent him a couple messages, so Paul, just get back to me so we can set this up. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know if you get a response. He's in Saudi Arabia. Well, you want to come to dinner with us? Oh, you thought I meant the podcast? <laughs> uh, my first star are, is the Miami Hurricanes basketball team last night. Beat Duke. Um, very depleted Miami Hurricanes team. A couple guys out. A couple top players out. Um, led by uh, Isaiah Wong and Elijah Alonye last night. Um, they beat him 77-75, which was big and obviously sparked a lot of debates somehow that whether Duke was a tournament team, but... I don't think they were to begin the night. Yeah, so we were we I were talking I, last night. Like, <laughs> edged it out. We were watching that game, and then they come on after, and they're like, these three guys are debating whether or not Duke's a tournament team. And then you texted me, and I said, I probably had a really, like, odd look on my face, like, watching the TV, like, with these guys, like, are they a tournament team? And the answer is no. They're not a tournament team. They're seven and six on the year now. And they look like a bunch of 10th graders out there playing just bad. Holy cow. Last night, I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw any highlights of it last night. But yeah, they're down two and they got a rebound down two and their best player almost grabs five the seconds ball, left. 
He just runs down the court and he's just looking to pass. No one wanted to shoot the ball. It was just like no one wanted it, and they catch it and be like, "Nope, I'm not supposed to have that." So for somebody like me who doesn't watch college basketball, so how long how long has Shevsky been there? 25, 30 years. Forty. Forty. How many times in those forty years have they not made the tournament? Probably like once or twice. Yeah. I mean, this is a. I mean, and they had. They're a young I team, they had, but right, but they had the top. I think one or two top uh, recruiting class coming in this year, which obviously they've been doing for the last eight or nine years. And they just – and I don't know if part of it is they didn't get into a rhythm early. We talked about this. We thought we saw them turn a the corner because they beat Clemson by, like, 30 on Saturday. So everybody thought, you know, they are kind of turning that, tor- that corner. We're going to see them happen. Um, and then, obviously, they kind of fell flat last night against Miami. But it's just it, – you just usually don't see it with them. They find something, but they just don't have – they don't I, they don't have that one player that has that – killer mentality that they normally do so i i don't want to i'm not going to say coach k's lost his fastball but he is getting older right and i don't see i see basic mistakes out of these kids that you would think he would be ripping their ass for which we've seen in the past so it makes me wonder a couple things like i mean he's getting older right and is like how's he feeling health-wise because there are other things going on in this guy's life that because, dude, I saw things last night. Like, in the past, Coach K would have pulled him out and been like, what the hell are you doing? You don't, you know what I mean? Just, you would have call, probably called a timeout and walked halfway out on the court and, like, chewed that kid's ass. And yeah. you just don't see that out of him right now. Well, they won't, maybe they won't have to play much longer, just like he wanted to all year. That's what I said last <laughs> night. Like, you said, where does Duke go from here? I'm like, well, they sit the year out like Coach K wanted. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, anything else? Evil Lee, thanks for the hats. These yeah. will go to use. Thank you. Happy birthday, boys. Happy birthday Thursday. And I will see you guys next week.